Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. Welcome to Reloaded Monday, everybody. We have episode 357, the ET Portal House, coming up on deck for you. We have Tegan. We're bringing Tegan back on, and she actually reached out to a former guest, Hector, who had a ministry that he was helping people with a lot of paranormal activity in their house. So you're going to hear us talk about Hector on this episode, and if you want and you want to have Hector talk to you, you can talk to him at his email address, which is in the description of this episode. But he really helped her and her family close a portal inside their house that was a source of a lot of bad things happening. So let's get to Tegan and this Reloaded Monday right now. Okay, I'll reload it. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus show to members only on the website and the new app. Can I get an appy? Yes, we got an app. I announced it last week and we have it running for you. So if you're a member or become a member, you'll have an email saying the confessionals members via Castos. And that email will have two links to download the app through Google Play or the Apple App Store, and then you will have access to the member episodes on an app. Also, if you want members, remember we are doing ad-free listening for the Tuesday shows on the app as well now. So if you don't want to hear commercials and you just want to hear the story straight through without commercial breaks, head on over to the app right now because the ad-free version of this show is sitting there waiting for you. 
So if that interests you, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Also remember, we have the YouTube channel up and running. So please go ahead and subscribe and help us out and get those subscribers up. I am right now producing the first episode of Legion of Legends. I hope to release it sometime in August before I go on vacation. And I really am excited about you guys checking that out. And Jack and I are planning on a lot of great journeys, including that big Kentucky journey that we're going to be doing in October this year, where we're going to hunt for the dog man that came after Kyle from the episode called Dog versus dog man. We're making an entire week journey out of it. And we're also going to stay at the land between the lakes. And I got a top secret mission that I got to accomplish while I'm in Kentucky that may never even make the airwaves, but I got to do it. I got to do it. But if I don't ever show up, no, the top secret mission got me. Probably not even dog man. So (laughs) anyways, friends, listen, I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and give us that subscribe on YouTube. Now, this week, we have a different kind of week coming up here. We have Tegan joining us on today's show and the Thursday show. You see, Tegan and I recorded this episode a while ago. And when we recorded this episode, it went great. And we put it in the archives. We were planning on releasing it. And then Tegan emailed me saying she had more epiphanies, more experiences that she wanted to share. And what she said in the email is like, oh man, she was supposed to be released relatively soon. And then she emailed me and I was like, let's get this interview done. So we did the interview and that's going to be the part two on Thursday for members. See, Tegan had these experiences in a very creepy house, which I call the portal house. But then she also has these experiences of E.T. visiting her. She's been abducted. Her aunt has confirmed her abductions. And then she even talks about her father being in the military real briefly in this episode. And that is part of the epiphany that she had for the second episode for the members this coming Thursday, where she actually now thinks that she might have been part of a 20 and back situation that involves her dad. But not only that, she talks about having this portal-like situation pop up on her where she believes that maybe she slipped into a parallel universe, which was kind of freaky because we were talking to her and we might be in that other universe of parallel dimension. It was a trippy episode, very trippy conversation, but this conversation you're about to hear gets a little trippy too. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and the Thursday conversation. I've been waiting to release these episodes for quite some time now. So let's get to Tegan. Let's go. Today, we got a great show coming up. Tegan, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, Tegan, you have interesting stories you want to share with us. And I'm actually really excited to hear about it because it seems like uh, it involves you. It involves your family, some of your family stories, some spooky stuff that happened in the woods. It may not be paranormal, but it's still weird. And then we're also going to talk about some current things that happened to you as far as since you emailed me uh, some spooky stuff, but also idea of UFO alien abduction type scenario. So I'm kind of excited about talking to you today. But uh, let's start off from kind of the beginning when you were a kid, I think you said you were about six or seven years old. And uh, you moved into a house with your family and weird things started happening. So take it away. All right. So as a kid, I was always uh, just a really scared child, I guess you could say. Um And we moved into this house when I was about six or seven. It's a very old house built 1910. It used to be like a one room cabin and then they added on to it. So 
When we first moved in, um, I immediately did not like my room. I was terrified and really no reason. My parents couldn't understand why or what was going on. The house before I was fine in. Um, so it really jumps into when we first moved in, I would see like little black shadows and they looked like the size of a cat. They would walk like a cat. It was really strange. Um, and you just see them out of the corner of your eye and then they'd be gone when you went to look at them. And that really, really scared me. So being a six year old, I didn't want to stay in my room at all. And that started nightmares. And so I would always have to either be upstairs in this little office space or somebody would have to be downstairs with me. So the first main thing that happened here is my dad actually always would fall asleep on the couch. So I slept in my room that night and I was totally fine because somebody was down there with me. And my mom had woken up and she said, I always had this bear that I carried and slept with, you know, and she said that I had came upstairs like I usually would and asked, you know, can I sleep with you? I'm scared. And this time as she would normally say, yeah, go ahead. She said, no, go back to bed and rolled over. And then I was gone. So she gets up in the morning. I'm in bed, mind you. And she asks my dad, and me and I was in bed the whole night I never went upstairs so it's really weird I don't know if it was something mimicking me or taking you know my appearance but she legit seen a full formed thing that looked exactly like me sounded like me that came up to the room with her and asked to get in bed so that was when it first started so then now my father and my mom my dad was a cop he was gone a lot so one of these nights is probably a couple years later and just weird random things were happening i honestly don't remember a lot of them but i would go up and i'd stay with my mom if my dad was gone and one night i woke up and it was literally the loudest noise i've heard it sounded like every chair and the kitchen was scooting in and out, like being pressed hard, scooting in and out. The cabinets were being slammed. And I shot up out of bed and I was asking my mom, I'm like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And she didn't hear anything. So there was something downstairs that was making this crazy noise. And I was the only one that heard it. So this continued on for a little bit and it finally stopped and I finally went to bed and throughout probably the next, I don't know, a few months, six months or so, um, I continued to just have horrible dreams. I was always scared. I didn't want to be alone. Um, so my dad ended up moving out. My parents got divorced and everything and I still continue to have problems. So I would stay upstairs in the office area right next to my mom's room because I could not be alone. And finally, my mom, my grandma, and my grandpa. Now, I was raised Pentecostal, and they said, we're going to bless the house. We don't know what's going on, but this is getting out of hand. So they went through when I wasn't there one day, and they basically blessed the whole house, uh, prayed over everything. And from that time, I was fine.
like totally fine. Didn't have any problems sleeping downstairs or anything like that. Um, and my dad would come get me um, because they were divorced. And right after the doors, he would still, you know, walk in the house. He had no problem. But after they blessed that house or this house, um, he would no longer step foot in the door, which I thought was really weird. Um, maybe like there was some attachment, which being a cop, I don't know if from work or whatever, but it was very odd, the timeline of things, how all these things were happening to me. And then they blessed the house. And then the day after, literally, my father would not step foot through the door again. Um, so that was pretty much the peak of the experiences in the house when I was little. And my mom also had some experiences in the house. Um, so she had had a hysterectomy. And so she had to take time off work, obviously. And I was gone with my grandma. And she was sitting in the living room. And into the living room, you can see into the kitchen through a doorway. And she said she was sitting there and... She doesn't remember if she was really fully asleep, but she remembers what happened clearly and that it was really like there. Um, she said she saw a little girl walking towards her from the kitchen. Now, she panicked, obviously, and tried to really pull herself out of it if she was dreaming or whatever. Um, but she realized like she wasn't dreaming. She was awake and there was this little girl walking towards her. And, um, so when she finally like snapped herself, like fully conscious and the little girl kept coming and she began praying and then the little girl disappeared and she called my grandma, I was panicking. I didn't know anything about this till recently. Um, she didn't want to scare me because of my pre previous experiences. Um, so then fast forward. This is like beginning of this year, actually. And I've always had little things, always hear noises when I'm here alone, just weird little things, but nothing major. And recently, beginning of this year, my mom, like I was going through a real spiritual shift. Um, I was raised Pentecostal, but I, I'm more just spiritual. Um, and so I was starting into that and really my practice and my beliefs. And my mom told me about how, and we're in the same house, mind you, how she would wake up and she's seen a like giant shadow figure in the corner of the room um, staring at her in bed. And that freaked me out, of course. And so I was like, okay, well, let's just pray about it. Um, I'll sage the house, whatever we need to do. So we did that. And it, it helped some, but she said she kept having something. She felt like something was watching her when she slept. So one night I'm in bed. And like I said, I've been going through my own spiritual practice and my beliefs. And I woke up about 3 a.m., and I was just doubled over in pain. It felt like I was going to throw up. I was hot. I was sweaty. It was the weirdest thing ever. And 
I made my way to the bathroom because I thought I was going to throw up. And I literally, I'm leaning over the bathtub and it felt like I was going to pass out. Like I was wet from sweat and it just didn't feel normal. Like I had been sick before and it wasn't normal. So I didn't throw up. I came back to bed and I just lay there and I just prayed. I was just like, Jesus, please help me. Like, I don't know what's going on. Blood of Jesus over me. Like I'm panicking, trying to get this to go away. And eventually it just stopped and I was fine. And I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell is going on, but this is weird. So the next night I tell my mom and I say, or the next day, I say, I didn't know what happened last night, but I told her what happened. So we go through the day, everything's fine. And I'm in the bathroom with her doing her eyebrows and she's just sitting there with her eyes closed and we're talking. And then she stops responding to me. I'm like, mom, what's going on? And all of a sudden her knees legit buckled and she went down and the same thing that happened to me the night before started happening to her. She was like wet with sweat, said she was going to throw up, but she actually passed out. And so I really think that there was um, some type of spiritual attack on us um, because we went all this time, you know, without no major things happening. And then I started getting into my spirituality and she's getting more involved in her spirituality and then all these crazy things and she passes out it was very weird so we saged did everything after that again we were trying everything and finally that didn't happen again um but now every night i pretty much wake up at 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning Um, and it's nothing bad all the time. It's just weird that I wake up at that hour, but we heard the interview on your show about Hector, the guy that does, um, the prayers and then he's a prayer warrior and all that. Yeah. Well, my mom listened to that and she felt like the strong pull to email him. So she had emailed him. And because my mom also, I would consider her a prayer warrior. Um, She's now just coming kind of into it. But they got in contact and he invited her to a prayer warrior session, like via online or whatever. And they were doing this prayer session. And the craziest thing, he started praying and he said, there's a portal in your house. And she says, okay. And he said it's upstairs by the window and i'm going to close it and the crazy thing about that is the window is right probably a foot away from where she saw that figure standing watching her and where she kept feeling like she would close her window up and block it with curtains everything because she was so scared she'd feel this thing watching her every night And that's right where he said the portal was. And he prayed and they all prayed and um, said that it was closed now. And yeah, I just thought it was a very crazy. And I don't believe in coincidences, so I don't even want to say coincidence, but how he pinpointed exactly where that figure was standing and would come from. Um, And they closed it. She has not felt that since that happened. Um, and let's see here. So, so before you go on to another subject here or anything, uh-huh. I, I do want to comment on this because 
Uh, Hector was somebody who was very unique in my experiences mm-hmm. with interviewing. And I know you know where I'm going with this, but I know <laughs> the general audience may not know. Now, this episode was episode 227. And Hector, uh, it was a member's episode. And mm-hmm. we called it Casting Out Demons and Healing the Sick. And I added healing the sick because not only because of the contents, but actually what happened in my house with Hector before we started the interview. Hector, yeah. when we were we were sitting down getting ready to do the interview, he said to me, can, can we pray? Can I pray for you and your brother? Because my brother was sitting there with me. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so he asked if we had any physical pains. And at the time, I didn't. I do have you know back issues and stuff like that. But I didn't have any physical pains in the moment. But Jack said, yeah, my shoulder, it, it's been hurting for, you know, I think he said like six months, a year or something like that. Like it's just constant pain. And I looked at him like, you never told me that. And he's like, oh, it never came up. And um, so we're sitting there and Hector's praying for us. And, you know, I, in all honesty, like my grandfather, he did a lot of praying or praying ministries and, you know, prayer for pe- prayed for people and they were healed, sicknesses, all that stuff. My, it's, it, I have that on recording, my grandfather telling you stories. And I believe this stuff happens, but it's never happened to me really. And I, I just, until I see it, it's not that I don't believe it, but I'm just like, I'm not expecting it to happen. And maybe that's a fault of my own, but I'm sitting there and Hector's praying for us. And after we're done, I look at Jack and his face is look, he has a stupid look on his face. <laughs> like, uh, what, what just happened? And Hector asked if, do you, do you have any, uh, pain? And Jack's like, I, I, my shoulder feels tingly and, and warm or something like that. And Hector's like, yes, it's working. And so he prays again and Jack's shoulder was healed. And last time I talked to Jack, now he's coming down to my house today, but last time I was talking to Jack about this, probably maybe a couple months ago, he said his shoulder still still feels great. So he was in constant mm-hmm. pain with his shoulder. Hector prays for Jack and he's healed. And I was yeah. like, holy crap. I, I, I kind of wish I had some pain that day, <laughs> you know? Perfect. And so he- Hector... Uh, told me that he could have that I could have listeners reach out to him. And so uh-huh. anybody who was listening to that show that reached out to me, I passed the email on. In fact, I think in the comments section somewhere is a comment that I put with his email address on and people were reaching out to him. Your your mom and you weren't the only ones. A lot of people were reaching yeah. out to him. And I was really I was really glad for that. In fact, let me uh, play the trailer that we made for that show so people can hear kind of what we're talking about. Okay. I just want to let the audience know uh, that something happened here with you, Hector, before we even started the interview. And I think it might lend to some credibility because people, you know, they listen to stories and they, they are left to believe what they want to believe. It's up to them what they want to believe and they make that decision. You would ask us, you know, do you have any pain in your shoulder? And it was like a yes or no answer. You didn't want us to inform you too much. Uh, but I've had I've had shoulder pains throughout my life. And my brother currently is having shoulder pains, which I didn't know. And I said, Jack, do you have any shoulder pains? And he's like, yeah, actually, my right shoulder. And so uh, Hector actually prayed for us over the phone before we even started the show. And as he was praying for healing in our bodies, uh, he would pause and ask how we're feeling. And Jack actually felt a tingling in his shoulder and then a warmth. And the pain that he had in his shoulder left his body. 
And Jack is the kind of guy that he doesn't really play games a whole lot. And he, he doesn't, when it comes to this stuff, he believes that this stuff happens. But uh, he doesn't, he's not a faker and he doesn't mock things because of our grandfather and our grandfather's ministry that he had before he had passed. Uh, we, we take this stuff very serious. And you shouldn't, Hector, if you could have saw Jack's face, like his eyes were big and he had this like goofy grin on his face. Like, I can't believe what's going on right now. So that was uh, a really interesting uh, conversation I had with Hector. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it, it, it really was refreshing to see something like that happen in person. And it's even more refreshing for me knowing that I have audience members who reached out to Hector and have had experiences with Hector kind of gives him this credibility. And so that you're just another person adding to that story. So your mom is doing this prayer session and he's, he, I guess, in a spiritual realm sees this portal and did he close it? Did they close it together through prayer? How did that work? Yeah. So, um, I believe they were on a video, like on zoom or something and he seen it and he said, okay, we're going to close this. And I think there was probably like five, six of them maybe. And they all started praying and then he stopped and said, okay, it's closed. And, um, yeah, it was just so crazy how she told me about that. Cause the line of work I do is I, I would say I have spiritual gifts and things like that. And I'm a tarot reader. I do those types of things, but I was raised Pentecostal. So my base faith is always in God and how I was raised really. Um, and when she told me that I was like, wow, it just makes so much sense. And just the synchronicity of how she found him on your show. And then I'm about to have the interview and then this happens and uh, they prayed and stuff. And so I forgot this little bit, um, probably a week later I had, we had some family come by and, then they left and I was sleeping one night and I just had the scariest dream. I couldn't even tell you the details, but just pure horror. Like I woke up and shot straight out of bed and went straight for my blessed oil. Like put a cross on my forehead, above my doors, windows, like it scared me and I don't do that. And that next morning, I told my mom, I said, you need to email Hector and you need to make sure that that portal is still closed because that was the first thought that had came to me. And she had emailed him and he said, you know, I prayed the porters, portal is still closed. Um, just bless the house if you ever feel things and just, you know, assert things out if you feel that since your daughter has sensitivity to these things. And then he went in and asked if I did dream interpretation, and which I do. Um, and so him and I talked, and that's personal for him. So I don't want to go in without his permission. But it was just crazy how everything lined up. And uh, yeah, it it was amazing. He prayed and closed it up. And I feel like it's closed because we haven't had anything after that except for my weird dream. Uh, so you do dream interpretation. Now, 
that's something I, I don't think I was told before we started interviewing. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> now, how does that? How does one go about doing dream interpretation? Is it something that you are naturally just gifted with, or is it something that you pursued? And if it is something you naturally picked up, how did you realize what was going on? So yeah, it it's natural, um, I believe. And so like I said, I believe I'm spiritually gifted. Um, I hear things as well as um, when I'm in meditation. That's when a lot of things come through to me. My job is actually a spiritual advisor and reader. Um, so with the dream interpretation, really, I've always done it with my own dreams and been able to find, you know, it's like these deep meanings and things. And one day my friend has a shop where she sells crystals and all those things. And a girl came in and she was talking about this repetitive dream that she always had. Um, and she said there was these little like goblin things and they would chase her around, but they would never touch her. Like if they caught her, they wouldn't touch her. Um, and there'd also be these floating orbs and things like that. So I asked her, and I don't know why I asked her this, but I said, are you Irish? And she said, yeah, I'm Irish and I'm Native American. I said, okay, well, I think it's fairies. And she just kind of looked at me like, what? And my mentor, who actually, you know, taught me how to really use my gifts and things like that. She looked at me and she says, I think you're right. Because listening to stories and reading on things about fairies, because I'm interested in all that stuff. Um, sometimes they present themselves in lights and things like that. And you have to invite them in before they can really like touch you, mess with you, things like that. So I went through with her and gave her some things, taught her how to, you know, rebuke things with the Lord's name, as well as putting protection and blessed oil and things like that. And this dream stopped after that. And I just thought that was very, um, very interesting how that came to me. So that's when I knew like, okay, this isn't just me interpreting my own dreams. Um, this is something that's coming to me for a reason. So I've had clients before as well when we're doing spiritual work for them where they'll start having dreams and the dreams usually have a meaning that go along with the work we do. So that's how I discovered like, yeah, this is a gift. This is not just me being able to read into my own dreams. Okay. So in that moment though, when you first asked her that question and you kind of put yourself out on a limb there, uh, uh -huh. did you, uh, did you in the moment feel nervous about what you were doing and what you were about to do? Or was it something that you didn't really even think about? You just kind of did it. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. It just came out. And I was like, where'd that come from? <laughs> but it, it was right. I, whatever, cause we gave her specific things, you know, like I said, to bless herself in the home and things like that. And also things like in folklore, you know, to really keep fairies at bay, I guess you could say, and it all worked. So I'm guessing that it was right. Well, that's really cool. That's that's I, I like hearing things like that. I mean, I, I know dream interpretation and things like that. Maybe not everybody's, you know, cup of tea, mm -hmm. but I like hearing how these kind of things unfold for people because, you know, I growing up in the environment that I grew up in, uh, I, I grew up in a very Pentecostal environment as well. And uh, 
the idea of praying for the sick to see healing is something that's commonly talked about. And today, to this day, it is. And it's something that I believe happens. I, for me personally, I do believe those things happen today. I know there's a lot of people out there that are Christians that don't really adhere to that. But um, I, I've, I've seen enough, I've heard enough to be- say, well, why wouldn't it be for today? Um, now, the idea of going up to somebody and praying for them, asking for healing, scares me personally because I feel like, well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, what do I do then? Because I can say going into it, the, the the situation, I could say, well, it's not me that's doing the healing, it's God. But I'm the messenger. And if that person doesn't get healed and they turn to me and say, why didn't God heal me? I don't have a good answer for that. You know? And so <laughs> right. I, I, I get nervous about that stuff. Um and maybe that's why I don't ever have that kind of those kind of experiences. I don't know, but uh, it's interesting to hear that because for me, I I can't imagine. Um, I, I guess for me, it would have to be something like what you experience when it comes to like the healing aspect of things. I'd have to just really it just have to come out of me because right. I, I have too many worries and too many preconceived thoughts in my brain that I have to hurdle through in order to even get to that point. Um, now. You had those experiences as a kid growing up. Your mom's had experiences in that house. Has there been anything else going on in that house? Um, yeah, there has. Uh, this is recently. Um, so after the portal and everything, nothing has really happened. Now, I had a night where I was drifting off to sleep. I was not asleep yet. And my bedroom, it's at the corner of the front of the house and the road's right by it. And it's an old house, so I can hear outside very easily. Um, I heard what sounded like a man's voice and a woman's voice. And we live in a pretty nice town, but there's people that roam around. So I'm thinking, oh my God, like is somebody coming up to our house? So that's when I jump awake fully and the head of my bed is right out the corner of my window that looks out to the street and you can see through the blinds, the lights and stuff outside. And when I looked up as I'm facing the window, I seen this blue white light and I'm like, what is that? Because all the lights outside are, you know, that white light, that yellow white light, just like a light bulb. And all of a sudden, as I'm focusing in on the corner of the window, I see a small, like, child-sized head. Like, it was in the corner of the window, and I didn't notice it until it moved out of the window. So it was like something was peeking in through my window at me. So this freaks me out. I get up, I close my door, I flip my shades upside down so I can't see like out of them anymore. Um, And it took me a while to get back to sleep. But the next morning I tell my mom what happens. And she says, are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm dead serious. Like, I don't know what it was. And she takes me out the back door Um, which there's a window looking in the house right there. And she's got this big plant that has sand and dirt around it. And there's little tiny human looking footprints that look like it walked around the plant and was peeking up through that window. And I'm talking like child size, like a five or six year old child size. 
it was the weirdest thing ever. There was about four or five footprints. I took pictures and everything barefoot. And I don't know why a little kid would be peeking in our windows at night. Like we live up, the woods are right behind us. Like it's not a place that a little kid's just going to hang out. So I don't know what that was, but. Well, I can tell you what it is. It's aliens. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I thought, honestly. (laughs) I mean, holy crap. That. Hey, listen, I mean, there's one thing to have an experience in the moment where you, you see this light outside, you see this head looking in at you, you flip the, the window up and or the blinds up so you can't see out, you're scared, but you get through the moment, you, you wake up the next day, you're talking to mom and she's like, come here, let me show you something. And it just shows you the proof of what you're telling her. And it's like, right. uh, in that moment, I mean, uh, what were you thinking? I mean, were you thinking, all right, before you went to your mom and to tell her what you experienced, was there ever a thought in your mind that this was just a dream? No, not at all. I knew 100% I was awake because I hadn't fallen asleep yet. I was just at that point of drifting off. But I know I was a thousand percent awake when I was looking out that window and I heard those voices. Yeah, I I, I mean, even if you did <laughs> think that this was a dream at one moment, it, it, it that all goes out the window and mom shows you footprints of what you're telling exactly. her. Now, how big it, were these footprints? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying it was really weird, but also gratifying. Like, I was not dreaming. I am not crazy. Like, something was here. <laughs> yeah. And it probably, it the chances of something being there. Uh, all right. So let's put it this way. If it was a one-time stop and shop kind of thing for them, uh, maybe, you know, that that's it. And you just got kind of lucky or unlucky, however you want to look at it, that you caught them in the action. But chances are, if this is a... If they repeatedly visit the area and stuff uh chances are it's probably not the first time they were peeking in at you you just caught them this time yeah yeah that's exactly what i thought because i've had ufo experiences or not really a ufo but abduction experiences in the past as well so oh man you're you're uh, holding <laughs> out on me <laughs> come on now talk to me so, okay, this happened when I was probably 14, 15. Um, we lived out of state at this time. And I would always fly back to Oregon to visit my dad's side of the family and the family that still lived here. So my grandparents, they live out like 15 miles outside of town, total wilderness woods. Um, they live up on top of this mountain. And so I'm in my bed and my cousin was in the next there's like two rooms in between us and my grandparents room is over there so i'm quite alone over on this side of the house and i was watching tv and i rolled on my back just to like stretch you know while you're laying there relaxing and it's probably good 10 11 o'clock at night and all of a sudden everything went black I don't, I did not close my eyes. And I know this for a fact, as I was looking at something above me and everything went black and it felt like something was on top of me, pushing me down. And I was panicked and I tried, I couldn't talk. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move. I couldn't, nothing couldn't see. And it felt like it lasted like 10 minutes, but I, it probably was only a few seconds or whatever. But I came out of it and I was just pure panicked. I couldn't remember what happened. I didn't know what happened. Um, So the next day, 
I don't remember the next day much at all. I didn't tell anybody about it or what happened. Um, but my grandma in her house, she's got huge, huge, big windows that take up like half a wall that you can just look out over the mountains. She said most of the day, all I would do was walk around the windows, pacing them and looking outside. And I wouldn't really talk much. Um, I don't really remember anything until that evening when we sat down to eat dinner. Um, the day after that, I called my mom and I kind of told her what happened. And so I didn't know what had happened. I didn't think this was an abduction experience at all yet. I said, oh, I had sleep paralysis or whatever. So then I get back home, I fly home, and I started having issues in my stomach area. Um, it's the right side of my stomach. I even had an area that would like bulge out further than the left side of my stomach. Like it was really weird. Doctors couldn't feel, find out what it was. Um, they tried me on all kinds of things. It wouldn't go away. So then skip forward the next few months, me and my mom and her friend go to fly somewhere else. And I'm wearing a dress and leggings. I had no piercings or metal on me at all. And I go through the metal detector and I go off. And he said, okay, I'm gonna have to put you back through. So he puts me back through and it goes off again. So then they said, okay, we're gonna put you in that big thing where they scan your whole body and it shows them on the screen, like what you have on you or whatever. So they put me in there and right where that bump is on my stomach, there was a piece of metal apparently that kept going off. So they bring me out, they pat me down, and I said, I have no metal on me. Like, I don't even have piercings. I, do not, I have flip-flops. They're not even metal. And they wand me, and it beeps right at my stomach. So that's a weird thing, because it happened after that experience I had. So then, skip forward a couple years, the stomach thing just goes away. I have no problems at all. It is the weirdest thing. And skip forward to now, I'm doing work for my aunt, like spiritual work for my aunt. And she tells me, I tell her like, well, I think I might've had an abduction experience. And she said, I know. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I didn't tell nobody. I told my mom and that was it. She said, no, I seen you. And I'm thinking, okay, this lady's crazy. What is she talking about? And she explains to me exactly what happened to me. And she says, I've been having dreams about you getting abducted and taken since you were little. And I was like, wait a second. This, this isn't funny. Like, don't do this to me. She says, no, I'm not kidding. It was a little girl and I could tell she was family. They wouldn't show me her face though, but I just knew that it was family. And they kept showing me in my dreams that you were being abducted since you were little. And I seen that abduction. She didn't see the details of what happened, but she saw me get taken, which it would be her mom's house, my grandma's house, and then put back. And that just threw me through a whole loop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would throw me for a loop as well. Uh, it's yeah. like, thanks, Auntie, for uh, let, giving me a heads up here. You know, <laughs> see exactly. That's what I said. So. So she sees this, and correct me if I'm wrong, you said she's seeing this in her dreams? Uh-huh. And so obviously she's somebody who takes dreams serious as well. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is something that's been going on your entire life then? 
Yeah, I believe so. And I think this plays into why I was so afraid of random things when I was a kid. Because I had no real reason to be afraid of anything. Like, I was raised Pentecostal. I didn't watch scary movies and stuff like that. But I was terrified. Even, like, Men in Black, terrified of that movie. And that's the stupidest movie to be scared of. But, yeah, it, I, it plays into a lot of things. And I really do believe that I have been taken and now being checked up on. So you catching that face looking in the window probably wasn't the first time then. This is something that you just caught him in the action. Uh, mm -hmm. This bump that you had that apparently is some kind of metal underneath the surface and stuff. Uh, do you have any inclination as to what you think that could be? I don't. Um, I mean, I watch tons of stuff on all this kinds of stuff. I read on it. Um, really, the only thing I could think of is this, they put an implant or something in me. But the crazy thing is, is that was the only time it ever showed up on a metal detector. And like I said, I was hurting awful. Like it was terrible in my stomach. I went to doctors for a good year. And they did all kinds of procedures, took biopsies. They found nothing. So I, I really have no answer to what it could be. But it was metal, <laughs> apparently. I mean, yeah, I would call it an implant, too. I just didn't know if like you ever kind of had a feeling like a sixth sense kind of thing where it's like, it's in me. I don't know what it is as in like, I haven't I didn't see it go in. I didn't see who mm -hmm. put it there. But I just have this feeling that it does this, you know, like people have these yeah. ideas and theories. I didn't know if you had any ideas and theories as to what the implant was there for. The only thing I really ever thought of was tracking me. But as I got older, and I, I don't think they would need that to keep tracking me. So I really don't know. All right, let's take a break and talk about another sponsor for today's show, a returning sponsor, a very consistent sponsor. We love them. Hello Fresh. Hello to good, healthy eating food that makes your mouth salivate. I freaking love this company and they keep giving great deals to you guys, which makes me love them even more. Listen, when we order our HelloFresh, I order my HelloFresh for a family of four. Even though me and my wife are just eating, I'm not lying because I have two kids, but they're not going to eat it. And it just means more for me. And I'm not kidding you. Last time I sat down to eat my HelloFresh, I'm sitting there at the table looking at the food in front of me, waiting for the family to sit down. My wife putting the daughter in her high chair. My son's coming to the table. Everybody's kind of moving around. I'm just staring at the food. And literally, I watched saliva drip from my lips because I was so hungry for the food and I was just waiting. I felt like a freaking dog. I had no idea what was happening until I saw the spit dropping on my food. And then I was like, ah, ruined my food. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I still ate it and it still tasted great. Too much info? I don't care. I'm telling you, this is great stuff. Try HelloFresh's quick and easy meals. 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and more easy options perfect for your busy lifestyle. Everybody's busy these days. HelloFresh has you covered, I promise. Their high quality fresh ingredients are sourced directly from growers and delivered from the farm to your front door in under a week. They offer the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. They got an app. I got an app. Everybody's got an app these days. I promise you, friends, this is not something that you're going to want to hesitate on because they are what they say they are. America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals14 and use code Confessionals14 for up to 14 
15 free meals plus free shipping. Listen, I've been talking about them. I've been telling you. At first, the promo code is 12. They were giving you 12 free meals. Then they upped it to 14. They're giving you two more than they originally were even planning on. Now it's 14. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals14 and use code Confessionals14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. It doesn't get any better than that. It's free food. Literally 14 free meals. I don't know what else I can say other than go and get your free food now. A lot of times people talk about getting abducted while they're sleeping, getting or they have the experience like you did where they actually saw this thing or these things and they had that experience leading up to but it's usually around the time that they're falling asleep or getting ready to fall asleep and I often wonder sometimes if these if these implants are put there and they affect the way we feel physically to put us asleep so they can come and do whatever they want to do. That could very well be that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Well, I'm a truck driver. I have a lot of time to think about these things. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just a little theory for me. And I'm sure somebody could blow it out of the water in a heartbeat. And I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's really interesting. And, you know, when I talk to people who have had these, you know, abduction scenarios in their lives and stuff, there's a lot of similar things. Like I had a lady on, I think we called the show the Ben Salem abduction or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she talks about having something in her body. And I think it was in her stomach, if I'm rem- remembering, remembering correctly. And yeah. she talks about going into a store and the detectors go off. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. Kind of like you. Yeah. that's When I listened to that episode, I literally got chills. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is real. And um, I watched... Uh, it's called a guy network or whatever. They have a lot of things on ET and a lot of their episodes talk about implants and stuff and setting off metal detectors and then it disappearing. And it's gotta be, I I don't see what else it could be. I mean, I had no metal on me, so it doesn't make sense. And then after that happened, um, you know, I have the visitation here where they're like checking up on me, I guess, where I caught them. And then I lived in Arizona and also had, I believe it was a sighting, like a UFO sighting. So I keep having these experiences after that initial experience. And I don't think that's a coincidence for sure. No, it, I don't think so either. I mean, when it comes to dealing with this kind of stuff, when you start having the repetition, repetition, I think it's more of a sign that, that you're an active case. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times when people recall this stuff, they recall it in a timeline, which kind of tells that it's boom, 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 stops or boom, 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 stops for a long time. And then it picks up again. It's not just a one case scenario. It's a bang, 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 bang. And then it stops again. Uh, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think that the uh, idea of abduction, uh, it, if it's going on or whatever, which, you know, I'm not a denier of it. I'm just trying to be open minded for the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I think the idea of it and stuff, I think there could definitely be many, many different reasons as to why somebody would be abducted. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think that, you know, uh, hey, we're, they're abducting us because they want to probe us because they're sick freaks. That's the blanket reason for all of it. You know, I think right. I think there's many different reasons, whether it's, you know, uh, the, the kind of person you are, uh, your genetics, um, 
you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. some people, some of these things are just sick freaks, and like I want to probe that bad. So you, <laughs> you just never know. Yeah. So no, um, you, you know. I, but I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. And which before we shift gears, though, I wanted to give you a chance to. Is there any closing ideas or uh, stories along the lines of your abduction cases that you want to go over before we kind of switch it up here? Um. Just basically, I think I have an idea of maybe why, like why me, um, like I said, in my line of work, um, I do a lot with connecting to the spirit realm and things like that. And I have a sense that it partly is my DNA. Like I said, my father was a cop, but before that he was in the military also for since he graduated high school. Um from then on up and then was a cop and then also went back into the military. So I think it could have something there or genetics. And especially cause my aunt was shown me being abducted. And I also um, think it could be because of the gifts or abilities or whatever you want to call them that I have um, because she was shown in her dreams, me being abducted. And she told me when I talked to her, you know, you're being shown something. It's just not time yet. And I never understood what she was talking about, but maybe they're showing me knowledge or God knows what, and it's just not time to reveal it yet because I can't get any memories could come back or anything. So that's my final thoughts on that. <laughs> okay. And that's very, um, very possible. Um, yeah. Let me ask you real quick before we do shift gears. You mentioned about Gaia. Now, I'm pretty cheap, and so, uh, I I never had a chance to watch anything on that network. Uh, for the people listening and stuff, that maybe they don't have a subscription to the Gaia network, uh, what can they learn about it from you? As far as like, what are the benefits of maybe subscribing to the Gaia network? Okay, so Gaia is super beneficial. Um, it goes over everything from nutrition to aliens to spirits to chakra. I mean, anything spiritual and anything to help you expand your mind and live a better life is on there. They have everything from secret space things like the 20 and backs, like you've done episodes about. They have things um, about meditation, spirituality practices. Um, it's really, if you want to expand your mind and you want to learn about things that the mainstream media doesn't want to put out there and doesn't want to help people learn about to better their lives, it's on the Gaia network and it's really worth it. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, like when I'm looking at it and stuff, it's, it's a lot of like documentary kind of things, videos. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, anybody out there that maybe had never heard of it. Maybe they are interested now. And no, guy is not paying me to say that. I just... No, you know, I'm, me I'm very, either. <laughs> I, I've just always been interested in, you know, like I said, I'm just cheap and I don't buy stuff. So, uh, but yeah. let me ask you one more question about the abduction stuff. And I want to shift gears. Um, two, actually. One, you said you have okay. pictures. You, you took pictures. Do you still have the pictures? I do. Can you please email them to me? Yes, I will. <laughs> Great. Uh, and are you okay with me sharing it on the uh, show notes? 
Yeah, that's fine. Great. So anybody listening right now, if you go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, click this episode, you'll see it in the description there. Uh, but also on the abduction side of things, have you ever thought about or have you tried doing regression therapy as far as trying to remember your experiences? I have absolutely thought about it. And I absolutely want to find somebody to do that for me. Um, I have not found anybody locally or nearby. And I really want to be careful who I go to because with like regression hypnosis, you know, they can put thoughts in your mind to make unaccurate statements. And I don't want that. I want my legit experience of what happened to me. So I've been researching a lot and I will do that at some point. But for now, I've been trying to do it myself because, you know, I do all this work for other people. So I've been trying to work on myself, but it's a little harder to work on yourself because you're partial in your brain, you know, towards yourself and what you want to know. So. Yeah, I imagine it is probably harder and stuff. I mean, uh, it's like uh, it's like cooking a meal, right? So when somebody cooks a meal for you, it always tastes better than when you cook it yourself. Right, so, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But um, all right, it sounds it sounds good. So I want to kind of wrap things up here a little bit with some Bigfoot talk because I know uh, your mom and some family members had a Bigfoot experience of some kind, and uh, I want you to go into that and then go into your own little odd experiences that happened to you in the woods. Uh, now, these aren't necessarily paranormal, but maybe they are, but maybe they're not. Just go ahead and share with us. Okay. So this was back when my mom was probably in her early 20s. Um, her and my uncle, her brother, went out deer hunting. And in Oregon, like most people know, we got very expansive woods, like places that probably nobody has been or whatever. Um, so they go to a very common area where they deer hunted before. And so they are on their way out. And how she explained to me is they smelt this overwhelming stench of rotten meat mixed with rotten, dirty dog, like the most horrific smells you could smell wrapped up in one. And they couldn't figure where the smell was coming from. So they're like, all right, let's get out of here. The hair on their back and their neck standing up like they're spooked really hard after they smell the smell. And this is back, I mean, probably late, mid 80s. So they're walking out and they hear something like paralleling them back to the truck. So they pick up the pace and they get to the truck and speed out of there. They didn't see anything, but they could hear it, something walking beside them. And it wasn't, I mean, my uncle practically lives out in the woods. He knows the animals around here. They never smelt that smell or heard that type of being followed, paralleled before. So they go get my grandpa, who is a log truck driver, been out in the woods most of his life as well. And they go back, and the stench is gone. They don't hear any noises. And that was their Bigfoot story, they think. But it had to be something like that because it sounded bipedal, and the stench was like so many other witnesses claim it was. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of times people have these experiences with Bigfoot, and it's not necessarily a uh, class A sighting, uh, but right. it's the experiences around the the sighting that are heightening your senses to the idea that there's something off here, there's something going on here. And uh, mm-hmm. when you start hearing, and that's why I think it's very important to share people's stories. Uh, that's why I'm very grateful for my buddy over at Sasquatch Chronicles and what he does, because when it comes to that, I mean... There's so many people who wind up connecting dots, whether it's paranormal, Bigfoot or whatever, uh, where they connect dots because they heard somebody else's experience where they had the same experience as you only leading up to that. And then they actually saw the thing. And when you start hearing right. people have these experiences that you've had, but then they saw this creature, then you can start connecting dots and be like, well, you know, it probably was a Bigfoot then. And, you know, then you go forward and do with that idea and thought as you want. Uh, some people bury it. Some people want to go into research. Some people just want to, you know, sit around a campfire every Friday night and tell their Bigfoot story. Um, right. But uh, it's very interesting, nonetheless. Now, you had some experiences out in the woods that are kind of just odd. And, and, and when you first told me about it, I had some thoughts. But I'll let you share with the audience and me about these experiences real quick. And then uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. So, um, this was probably four or five years ago. Um, I was with my ex back then and he liked to go up hiking and looking for deer sheds and just hiking in general. So the first incident we went up and there's a road and it ends and then you can just pretty much walk over the mountains wherever you want to go. So there's this big, it's a very steep hill. And we look for areas where the antlers are going to snag on the trees and fall off, you know. So I'm walking and following this deer path. And my ex is probably, I don't know, 50 feet ahead of me. We have his brother behind me and we're just scanning through the woods. And he yells out, hey, guys, come here. So we both follow him down there. And now this is at towards the bottom of this big slope. So we go in. And there's this like natural cave and inside the cave, there's like 10 pairs of antlers, um, strung up on this rock. Um, there's like big containers of, it looked like there was like food, water or something, which isn't completely out of the norm. A lot of people in Oregon hunt, a lot of people have secret hunting areas where they stash stuff. But what was really creepy is this cave, it was totally natural, but you walk in and it was like a little room and then you could walk back in front and you could view across to the next ridgeline. So we're looking, I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is somebody's hunting thing, blah, blah, blah. And then it just was an overwhelming feeling of like, somebody's watching me. We need to get out of here right now. And I look around, I can't see anything, but like the, I can't even explain the feeling. It was the scariest feeling of just eyes like burning into the back of your skull. Like it was scary. So I walk out of there and they're looking around and they're finding some other weird things. Like there's like a little stash of knives, which is again, not too weird because it's hunting, but I don't know why they'd have so many in there. There's, um, it almost looked like somebody might've been living up there. I don't know how to explain it, but it was a very creepy feeling in there. There was candles set up, um, behind like the, uh, 
storage of food and stuff. Um, but the feeling that I got is what scared me. And I immediately, I booked it out of there so quick. I don't even know how I got back as fast as I did, but I didn't have a gun or nothing. And I was not about to get caught in someone's space or whatever they were doing up there. And what was really weird about it was it was so out of the way. Like, this is at least three miles walking distance where the road ends. And there's no way to get an ATV or anything back there. So this stuff had to have been packed like a good three miles back into there. Um, so that was pretty creepy. The next uh, thing, so again, out with my ex just hiking. And we have a usual road that we drive up on, so we decided to take this next road um, that we hadn't went out. We get up there and there's a tree that's laying across the road. And sometimes trees fall across the road, but when we got out and looked, like this tree is a very, very big old tree and it had been sawn down to fall across the road. So we're like, okay, whatever, we'll park here and we'll go hike back up in there. So we get out and we're just hiking along and all of a sudden it opens back up like where the road would have ended and there's a tent. There's a, a mattress that looks like it's hanging halfway out of the tent and it like a legit bed mattress like you put in your house, which that was weird. Um, there's a campfire and the rocks and stuff are strewn everywhere. Um, there's trash everywhere. And then there's this old car that's up there. So they would have had to drive in there and then fall the tree so they couldn't get back out, I guess. Um, so we go and I'm, I'm like, I'm not going down in there. Like, that's really weird. And so we kind of walk around the perimeter and we see there's like a pile of clothes in the corner of the tent. Um, just a lot of random stuff, but it's thrown everywhere. And the tent looked like it was like ripped open. It had a really weird, it wasn't just like, oh, it got ripped. Like it looked like it was forced, ripped open and the mattress was hanging halfway out. And then there's that car back there, but there's no other road and there's trees, like thick, thick brush all around it, except for the road that's been blocked. So that was really, really weird. I've been out in the woods a lot in my life and I've never quite seen anything like that. That was very odd. Yeah. You know, that is, that is a little odd. And uh, yeah. what you just described it, it, I don't know if anybody else is thinking this, but it, it sounds like it to me. And maybe it's cause I was, I was just looking at this case recently, but back in, uh, I think it was like 1959. I think it was the, the Russian hiker students that went yes. missing. Uh, I always pronounce it wrong. Uh, Dyatlov, I think it is Dyatlov pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that incident that happened in Russia. Now, a lot of times in the Bigfoot world, people are saying, "Oh, it's a Bigfoot." And um, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine recently, and uh, him and I were talking about possibly doing a show on this because he's got some interesting thoughts on it, and he doesn't think it's Bigfoot. Neither do I, but he thinks he might mm-hmm. have actually might actually have some thoughts on it that might lead to the idea of understanding what actually happened there. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, you know, your experiences and, you know, what uh, 
you've been through throughout your life and stuff is something that I personally wouldn't want to go through, but I'm happy to sit here and listen to. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been good and bad. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, but there's been more cool stuff that has happened. So it's not too bad. <laughs> Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it because it's free and it's the best thing you can do to help support this show is just by sharing it with other people that you think might like the show. Thank you very much in advance. And remember, we do have that app for members. So if that interests you and you've been waiting to become a member until we have an app, we do have an app available now with all the member show archive right there waiting for you, including the overtimes and including ad-free listening for the Tuesday shows, uploading it all right there for you. So head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button if you want to become a member and get access to all the extra content via app. And until next week, friends, stay safe. Take care and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. I'm just feeling probably like you. I'm just drifting probably right beside you. All the abyss control from afar. What did we miss? Now we're left with the scars. We love the lows, but hate the highs. Here's the other side. With all this glow, it's hard to hide. It's bright. We love the lows, but hate the high. Is the other side of the sun? Love this dark, it's hard to find. It's bright. Everybody wanna preach a happy median. I see they dopamine fix come from media. Now your spirit getting booked on Expedia. So search a light long island medium. I should have been taught. Sleepwalk through life, but being woke is an insult. They should have been caught. They want to slut it in fear by trying to not sun the asphalt. We love the lows, but hate the highs. Here's the other side of the sun. With all this glow, it's hard to hide. It's bright. It's bright. We love the lows, but hate the highs. Here's the other side of the sun. Love this dark, it's hard to find. It's bright. It's bright. Masking from elites, got us attaching what is free. Now we're rationing our needs for our souls. Yeah. We're not fasting from belief. The smell of sharpies, right the streets. Looting liabilities like it's gold. Atomic number 79. Gucci, Prada, Jordan High. Sniff that line, it's on the house. Till your soul. The ones that keep us locked for the felony time More the ones that fund the dollars for the BLM sign Y'all ain't really doing what y'all supposed to Y'all just follow suit like the rest do oh, yeah. We love the lows but hate the highs Here's the other side of the sun With all this glow it's hard to hide It's bright, it's bright We love the lows but hate the highs Here's the other side of the sun With all this dark it's hard to find